Hello, I'm Pat O'Mahony and welcome to the fourth of our five Media Curious off-message podcasts in association with JOLT, an EU Horizon 2020 project coordinated by the Fujo Institute at Dublin City University, investigating how best to harness digital and data technology for modern news gathering and journalism. My guest in this episode is Lucia Mesquita, whose research is into the often counterintuitive role of collaboration in journalism. Hi Lucia, how are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Good. Uh, You are Brazilian. Yes. But you are... When we spoke originally, you were in Germany. You're not in Germany now. No, I'm in North Italy now. What brought you to Northern Italy? Actually, my husband is Italian from Friuli, Venezia, Giulia. It's a very nice place uh, near to Austria, to Slovenia, Croatia. And of course, with the internet, the wonderful thing is one can do one's research anywhere. Yeah, that definitely helped a lot during the pandemic specifically, you know. Of course. Yeah. So let's cut to the chase. Yeah. I have your provisional title of your research here, Collaborative Journalism and the Normative Role of Journalism. Will you explain that to me in English, please? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's... uh, okay. maybe in Portuguese I could, but in English... uh, (laughs) I'm not quite sure. (laughs) You pick your language. (laughs) Okay, so... um, we uh, we think that uh, journalism as a profession has a, f- a particular way of presenting itself to society and mm. has a, a very particular function, actually, in society. One that uh, someone could uh, even relate to democracy, for instance, you know, that is uh, accountability of governments and powerful people, powerful organizations, entities like the EU EU here in Europe Mm. and other organizations. But, okay, so this is what would be the function of uh, journalism for society, uh, especially in democratic um, society. But collaborative journalism is understood as a form of doing journalism that is basically putting people together to make whatever they think it is journalism. Okay, so investigations, uh, big investigations, or even um, a specific coverage that would take uh, more than one uh, journalist to do it. Okay, so one of the first forms of uh, collaborative journalism that people would relate to would be the Panama Papers, for instance, okay? Of course. Yeah. Yep. So the Panama Papers uh, was a was an investigation that took a, around one year, you know. Uh, so put it together, 400 journalists for different countries, like more than 100 countries together, okay, in a shared uh, digital space and sometimes even... Uh, of real space, they met sometimes, you know, for mm-hmm. meetings, for to align the, the work and this kind of stuff. But 400 journalists work for uh, a year over these uh, documents, leaked from uh, an organization, a company in Panama. That's why Panama Papers. 
And then this is what we call collaborative journalism. So it's this space where people are not competing, journalists specifically are not competing. Uh, they are sharing everything that they find and they working their own articles. And this is what's interesting about collaborative journalism because traditionally um, one thinks of journalists as as a competitive business, journalism as competitive, yes. where you protect your sources and you only reveal your finding and your story when you publish. Yes. This goes against the grain of that stereotype. Exactly, exactly. The lonely wolf that people would relate to an investigative journalist uh, from some time ago, even, you know... Um, other other investigations that that were very important in the world, uh, but collaborative journalism kind of break this logic. Okay, it says that uh, investigations, especially in this complex world that we live today, you know, that everything is global, everything is cross border, multinational. So do journalism has to be, you know. So what was it about? this collaborative process that piqued your curiosity what was it you wanted to find out yeah that's uh, that's an interesting uh, question because it's exactly uh, it's very related to the normative role of journalism in society that uh, call call my attention to okay so in democratic societies as was i was saying to you before uh those it's quite normal it's a kind of uh, people take from granted journalism okay in regions like latin america and especially my own country uh journalism doesn't quite fill the role okay it's very concentrated uh in the hands of few there is a, a just a, a handful of organizations that are dominated by families that are very aligned with the power, very aligned with the politicians in the region. And so journalism doesn't fulfill the promise uh, that in other, the more democratic or uh, more developed democracies, journalism has a, a different uh, role, you know? Which we all say is to hold power to account. Exactly, exactly. That is exactly the word. Perfect. Thank you. And then in, in Latin America, historically, there is a lot of uh, um, mistrust on the, on the role of journalism, the function of journalism in the region. Okay, so I see collaborative journalism, especially in my, uh, in my region, in the region that I come from, as a form to, to kind of uh, get back this uh, important role that journalism has to society elsewhere, and why not also in Latin America, you know? And they are already doing that. So that's what um, it called my attention. I had the opportunity to work in a collaborative project uh, uh, before coming to Europe to make my uh, master's and, and PhD. And, and then I saw that uh, really, uh, there's a lot of uh, criticism, there's a lot of problems, sure there is, and nothing is perfect, and nor collaborative journalism for sure, but uh, yes, collaborative journalism in Latin America has a more important role uh, than every, everywhere else because mm. of this, you know, because they can, they are succeeding in 
delivering the kind of journalism that we believe that's important. Because you come from Brazil, you have seen journalism where it doesn't hold power to account. Mm -hmm. uh, and as you say, you've been involved in collaborative processes, collaborative journalism. Is that why you particularly wanted to focus on this topic because of personal experience? Yes, yes. That uh, is the main motive that brought me to study this topic. But also, it's, the, it's about journalism. As a journalist myself, back in Brazil, I was a journalist in action for almost 20 years. And I always had problems with uh, the very elitist profession that we have back there. And I saw the need of doing something that was more related to the realities of the peripheries, for instance, okay? From the reality of the people that really needs journalism, to whom journalism should have as the priority. It's the people uh -huh. that really needs it. And that's, that's the two things, I guess, mm. I would say that's the most important, yeah. Does your project concentrate does your research for this project concentrate entirely on your home region of of latin america or does it look wider afield than that it's basically latin america uh, i already in my master's degree i did a research comparative research on collaborative journalism in europe and brazil and uh, united states and so I saw the need, you know, because Europe and United States and specifically United States, but mostly the North, uh, North America, it's already very covered by scholars, by uh, everyone talking about collaborative journalism. They would talk about uh, Black Rock or they would talk about uh, the Panama Papers, mm. uh, LuxLeaks and everything. And in Latin America, nobody knows anything. Ah. Okay. So there's plenty of great investigations down, down there. And it, it shocked me, literally, seeing that nobody was talking about that and trying to understand what was going on. So when you started out, what did you hope to find? Yeah, actually, I had a very, a very naive idea actually of collaborative journalism I was not so critical as in the beginning you know I thought that was great I'm gonna save journalism Latin America <laughs> yeah I, I had these ideas you know and, it, and they are not that far from the truth it's, don't take me wrong it's just that uh, it, it, there's so much to do you know, I see that there is a lack of everything. Uh, but uh, I also, I was also surprised by how how important, how profound is collaboration uh, among uh, journalists in Latin America. Okay, it's so profound. It's like a culture thing. Okay, so it seems so natural that it's also a little bit too, too loose. You know what I mean? Um, maybe in Latin, in, in the north part of the world, you know, the global north, if we can call it like that, mm -hmm. the Western uh, society, a world, anyway, 
uh, things are more like administrative, you know, you have administration, you have everything very clear, uh, the roles and, uh, Of course, you know, so it's more, it's more formalized in... Exactly. These yeah, areas. that's the word. Whereas yeah, in, in, in Latin America, you found it very informal, very ad hoc. Yeah, very, yeah, more, more like um, a cultural thing, you know, mm. yeah, we get together in a coffee and I offer work to you, you know, let's right. work together. We are having a beer together with things to, to, to understand each other. Uh, let's work together. Yeah, that's it, you know. So you knew that's how it, it, it worked in Latin America. What was it specifically about it? and how it worked that you wanted to investigate? My, my problem was that uh, maybe collaborative journalism was just a fancy name for something that uh, would uh, mask the precarity of the working conditions in many of the organizations in Latin America, okay? So instead of saying that you are my employee, because I don't have the money to pay you, I'm going to say, ah, you are my collaborator. Ah, okay, okay. So I don't have any, you know, you see, I don't have any responsibility over you. Yes. Okay? So you wanted to see if it was genuine collaboration or whether it masked bad employment practices. Exactly. Ah, and uh, okay. uh, that was one of my my main concerns. Okay. Uh, but then I figured out that there was uh, other stuff that I should look as well as, for instance, security. You mm-hmm. know, that there is no way that you go to Latin America and you're not talking about uh, journalism safety. You know, the safety of journalists and news organizations. Uh, there is no way. You know, most of the countries in Latin America are the worst to work as okay. a journalist. So that's not that's not a stereotype. That's not a cliche. That's true. That's true. Unfortunately, okay. yeah. In my research so far, I have I have one in three one in three journalists has said that they suffered any kind of attacks due to their work or investigations, or just because they are journalists. Right. You know, so, and this is increasing because of uh, digital media, okay? Digital platforms, social Mm. media. And, but there's other problems, historical uh, problems. You look for the report of the, uh, uh, reporters without uh, borders, for mm-hmm. instance, is a good. Um, there is another one that is a uh, house of uh, freedom house, and there is another the the com- uh, the committee for the protection of journalists. That both three of these or- these three organizations. There is many, but these three organizations take into account the numbers of uh, journalists that are killed and persecuted, or jailed, and in all this, in all the world, and and they say those those reports shows pretty much so that the region, Latin America region, is one of the worst places in the world to work as a journalist. Okay. Okay. So you started out and and with these ideas and areas you wanted to investigate. What yes. research did you plan to do? Why 
that research and I suppose more importantly because COVID has happened in the middle of all this how did that research change during the period of your study? Actually it was very disruptive you know uh, so my my first plan was to go to to make a very basic uh, ethnographic uh, research but a very um, very aligned with uh, the reality of Latin America that is building together knowledge. You know, we have this culture that we get together and we build stuff together. We build knowledge together. So mm -hmm. I'm not the, the researcher that came to see how you behave. <laughs> you know, I'm a journalist like you and we are working side by side and we build the, this understanding of the world or this understanding of in this specific uh, collaborative journalism together. That was my plan, okay? And in August of last year, I supposed to be in some organizations. Uh, I already had a plan and there was some organizations that were uh, willing to have a meet during a period of a week or even a month, you know? And I was very excited by it. And unfortunately, like around May, we started to see that things weren't going well. So we changed it. Uh, I was very, very lucky to have my supervisor uh, helping me out in this process. You know, and uh, we decided together to, to change from uh, field work to uh, more digital world uh, study. So you had plans to go travel, to travel in to face to face with people in South America. That would have hit the buffers with because mm -hmm. of COVID. Yeah, exactly. That would be very tough. When I talked with people at the time for a book uh, that we wrote uh, recently too, it the 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 COVID was starting to hit, and mm. some organizations were already were already hitting hard. You know, like it was in May, and people was people were already okay. We are going to close our doors, and we mm. were in May. You know, so the the things starting in Latin America, I guess in March, the things got really bad in March, and in May people were already saying. Yeah, that's it. Let's go home. Let's forget everything. But fortunately, things got much better. Organizations got a lot of grants. There were a lot of opportunities in terms of funding. And, and even new organizations uh, oh. arose during this time. So that was uh, quite interesting to see. Even though there is also some some investigation that I need to do in this point because we are not quite sure how these fundings are influencing the work that they are doing over there. Uh, okay, but I I take it apart from organisations you were because of uh, digital online communications you were able to interview actual journalists in the field, but mm -hmm. online. 
Yes, yes. And then there was a lot of problems with the internet connections. <laughs> <laughs> so not just Northern Italy then? No, 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 no. <laughs> and then, so, so there was problems with internet connections, but I did interviews with plenty of people. I was so glad that I could talk with people even in the most uh, uh, remote areas of, mm. uh, of the region, you know. Um, I, talked to, I talked with people in Nicaragua that you know Nicaragua has been uh, quite a difficult time for them now there are some uh, some journalists that are in jail now so uh, I talked with people in Cuba in Panama in Colombia in Bolivia so all these stories you couldn't even imagine they are so great stories so beautiful stories so brave i want to write a paper I, i'm gonna write a, a, my dissertation on brave journalism because <laughs> i'm just gonna change everything you know, this, uh, forget about collaborative journalism let's talk about brave journalism <laughs> that can be part two that's a great idea part two i'm gonna go for it okay yeah. Um, so where are you now on your research? How has it been going? What have you found? Yeah, there was uh, some disruption. So after we decided to change the methodology, I spent a little, uh, literally three months more to just to build the, the methodology all over again. And that uh, delayed a lot of uh, things. And also I had some family problems due to the COVID as well back in Brazil. So that put me down a little. And and then anyway, and then I, 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 I found my way back. And with the support of my, my supervisor, we got back on track. And then so I would say that now I'm doing the analysis of everything that I collected, all the data, all the information, so the interviews, the survey, and I have one part of the research to, to, to do, that's the desk research, that will be very focused on funding, uh, which is a very important topic in the region. When you say desk research, what do you mean by that? Uh, so then I'm going to do a very basic documentation uh, collection, you know, so I'm going to get information that is available there, that is public, ah, okay. um, and I'm going to analyze by myself without having to 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 talk with a specialist or to interview someone. Okay. So it's very, it's much more straightforward in that sense, sure, you know. Sure, but you've already, you've you've done a survey, you've done interviews, you're finished that part of it. You've your, yes. You, so at this stage, having yet to analyze that properly and fully, what have you found? Like what, what, has, what has surprised you, for instance? What hasn't surprised you? Oh, that's one thing that I think was great, even though I still have to, to look at it more deeply, as I said, as you said as well that uh, women are taking a very important role in digital independent journalism mm -hmm. in Latin America. Okay, so in collaborative journalism, I can say uh, I'm sure that most of organizations have women as their coordinators, as their ah. directors. Okay. You know, so women leadership is one of the greatest 
uh, findings of my research for me, especially. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's very biased since I as well, a woman. I have know. you any Have you any idea why that is yet? Uh, oh, there's there's a plenty of ideas that I have uh, about why that is happening. But for sure, the organizations that uh, engage in this kind of journalism that is not competitive, they are more willing, they are more progress, uh, progressive. And, and I, I, guess, I guess it's kind of understandable that these kind of organizations are the ones that are pushing uh, other organizations to take seriously diversity, uh, gender uh, balance and equilibrium and, and this kind of uh, uh, this kind of uh, positive changes in journalism, you know. So unfortunately, there were some countries that I couldn't reach women, but where I read, uh, when I where I could talk with women, where I could get women to participate in the survey, most of them were literally the people in charge and oh. that was great that was a great finding of my research and i think that's uh, <laughs> that was very very surprising you know because at me uh, myself as a journalist in brazil i would uh, pretty much face a very masculine environment you know 20 years ago okay <laughs> let's say you know so things are changing you would say for for the better I guess so. Uh, I think so, and I, it's uh, for this, for the results that they are getting, mm. they are really uh, making the right choices. Still, there is a problem with sustainability in the region, the sustainability of the organizations. But in terms of uh, in terms of the of the topics that they cover. In terms of organization, process, uh, diversity, they they got it right by putting women ahead, you know. What about the uh, different types of media organizations? Is there a difference in the quantity and quality of collaborative journalism that's carried out in new digital-only media compared to media that would have come out of print and radio and television? Uh, there's some information about that, you know, about the size and the type of organizations that are taking part of collaboration. And we can see that the uh, digital native organizations, the ones that were born in the digital world, uh, and they mainly have their, uh, their, their news platform mailing on digital, uh, or they sometimes they have just on digital, nothing mm. else. Those are the ones that are ahead in terms of collaboration. Okay, those are the ones. They're the majority of the projects. The majority of organizations taking part in collaborative journalism are basic native. Uh, in terms of uh, size of organizations, we saw that also a small to medium size are the ones uh, that also takes more uh, profit from collaboration. Uh, the ones that uh, try to use more of collaboration to make their reports. When you say profit, you mean benefit, that they yeah. benefit mo more from it rather than make more money. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. <laughs> yeah, uh, even though there's also some, uh, some groups of, uh, some 
people that said that they also uh, engage in collaboration to get money, you know, to have access to funding. And yes. yeah, that's quite normal, you know. Uh, it's not the main motive, good to say, that is sometimes it's, it's within the three biggest motives why they get together but still is a very important motivation in the region. What were the main motivations that you found? Okay, so first of all is to get access to different uh, perspectives, knowledge, expertise. Um, I'm I just going to, for instance, uh, use as an example um, data journalism. Okay, Data mm -hmm. journalism is a kind of journalism that people... Uh, makes uh, that's very common around the world that is taking it's getting bigger and bigger and more professional by the year and in Latin America many organizations might found the difficult difficulty to to engage in data journalism you know because you have to have some tools you have to have some technologies and sure. skills and you know especially skills to deal with it so people would get together instead of having one person dedicated to data journalism, they get together with another organization that already have this expertise, you know, and mm -hmm. they build together the narrative. They build together their investigations instead of spending so much time, even money, and, and most of the times not getting there because it's an expertise that it takes years to people to build. You know, so I guess expertise, I guess, no, the, the data say the motivation, the biggest motivation is knowledge, expertise. Um, and from there, there's another motive that we called my attention that is getting uh, people in remote, uh, remote spaces, uh, remote places in the country. You know, uh, that's particularly interesting for Latin America that you have uh, Amazon forest. Mm -hmm. How do you get there? So this was a particular information that the data show, uh, the data uh, was able to show, and and this is a particularity of Latin America. I haven't has I haven't seen that in any other uh, investigations about collaboration in any other part of the world. So it's purely down to the the size of some of the countries in in Latin America. Not just about the size, but also access to technology, you know? Yes. You, yeah, because, it, or technology or even information or uh, or access to anything, actually, mm, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, I hear <laughs> yeah. you. I hear you. Um, yeah. and, and I presume you also um, wanted to find out how the collaborations benefited the organizations and the individuals. What, what did you find there? Uh, there's a quite a big range of, uh, of benefits that organizations think they can, they can get from collaborations. Okay. So in, in, in terms of benefits to, to, to organizations, I could say that it's uh, equally divided between uh, getting to wilder audiences it means that they get more audience by collaborating okay they get together with other organizations not just to make bigger investigations or more profound investigations deeper investigations and get more hands on the work 
but they also have access to the audiences of those other organizations. Of course, okay? yeah, that makes sense. So that's one a great uh, motivation and a benefit that they see on uh, collaboration. The other one that got me very surprised is that they have better reporting with this kind of collaborations. Ah, okay. Yeah, it got me surprised. What what mm. kind of you mean by better reporting? And on the interviews, I could see uh, why they what they say by better reporting. They said, "Oh, we get better or more points of view about the same topic." We wouldn't never think about something uh -huh. if it wasn't for yes. that other person, you know? Yes, of course. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and that's very related to the idea because um, many organizations that are doing collaboration in Latin America are single topic, you know? So are those organizations that are specialized in covering uncovering some very specific topics like human rights, gender and race, environment, politics, mm -hmm. you know. And so when they get together with another organization, with another specialization, they uh -huh. also exchange those views. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Yeah. And then what was the other area of benefit? Uh, the information from different, uh, different places. As I was telling you before, the remote places that they are getting with uh, with collaboration, it's interesting that they are they have been able through collaboration to bring the voice of people in very various parts of the country. Think about Brazil, you know, a country of the size of Europe or even bigger. Actually, it is much bigger than mm -hmm. European. <laughs> As a big country, you and also the access to technology, as I was saying before, and sometimes you don't know, you don't know anything about someone or some or the life of someone that lives in the other part, in the other region of the country. Okay, so these people, these collaborations, have been able to show the reality of different places to their audiences. So they think that is a great benefit for them and for their audience. And finally, uh, they said also that uh, having access to more sources and resources, um, also in terms of financial resources, that mm -hmm. is quite important. So yeah, the benefits are quite... Uh, there was like less than 1% that said, oh, okay, I not see how they benefit us but yeah 90 90% was yes sure collaboration benefits us like these and these and these how uh, lucia mm -hmm. would you like when you present the work and when it's finished how would you like us to impact the real world how how might it impact the real world what benefit will it bring to journalism, to the organizations, to the individuals involved in journalism. And not just in Latin America, I'm talking about globally. Okay, okay. Let's, uh, let's start from Latin America to make this more, <laughs> it's easier. Okay, we'll start there. <laughs> but we won't okay. end there. Okay, that's, that's grand. Oh, uh, let's see. So I think, first of all, I would like to, to these people to see through my research to all people in Latin America, like I saw myself, 
during this process that I could see myself, that I could for, for the first time recognize me as a, as a Latina, as a Brazilian, as a woman, as a journalist, you know, and uh, I could see myself uh, historically and also personally, culturally, mm-hmm. and I recognize myself through my work. That's one of my first, uh, you know, is the first taking of, uh, mm-hmm. and I want to people look at this this project and the, all the work that I do, that they see themselves, you know, that they see themselves represented, that they see themselves in um uh in the in the big picture and um and then i i this is my first taking you know i would say that is the most important part of the research but then i would love that people would take these uh these findings of my research and and think about it you know so why we are doing wrong what people could do are doing better elsewhere that i could do here and uh, Latin America has a very beautiful, creative uh, reality environment. And um, people are very, you know, very creative is the word for that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this could be very interesting for people globally. I think this uh, way of seeing that is naturally collaborative that the culture is very collaborative itself, you know, and bring it to the rest of the world. I think uh, this this particular particularity of my research to the entire world, if I may, I think it's too much to ask, but yes, <laughs> I think they could see that uh, there is some creativity, there's some important uh, things that they are doing down there that you should you you should take care of you should you know use as a a reference you know for instance the problem of security uh, for the first time in united states for instance let's take this united states that recently mm-hmm. has uh, have seen jailed journalists for the first time in, i don't know decades they had the journalists that were attacked that were during manifestations, you know, during demonstrations on the streets, journalists were attacked by police, by even by people, you know. They had a, uh, a president that used to say that there were fake news, that there mm-hmm. were bad people and stuff. This was the first time that journalists in the in United States faced kind, this kind of uh, situations. So they didn't know how to act, Okay. Mm. On the other hand, journalists in Latin America, unfortunately, and not a romantic—it's not a romantic point of view—is but it's a reality. We are more uh, used to, unfortunately, to deal with these situations. We know what it is to have a government behind you back. We know what happened to uh, the police all the time beating you up. And we could quite perfectly teach you how to do it, you know. So ah. this is just a practical example. Mm. It's not the best example, but it's just a practical one to to understand that, uh, to, to, to show that there are different realities 
may not apply at that moment, but will sometime or in different contexts, uh, you have different uh, takings and different uh, realities. So it's important to know what is around and then you move, you know, mm. accordingly. Makes sense? <laughs> no, it does. I think we live in a, a, a global age where journalism is constantly changing and if lessons can be learned in one area uh, by people in another. This sounds to me a, a perfect example of, of that. Lucia, when do you finish up? When do you make your final presentation? I hope by March I will be able to <laughs> to finish. And yeah, that's that's the plan. That's the plan. By March next year I would be finishing it, yes. Plenty of analysis to be done between here and then, I take it. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> the exciting part of the work. Lucia, thank you for uh, taking us through your project. It sounds fascinating and I wish you the best of luck with the rest of it. And we all look forward to when it's published, reading your final analysis and conclusions. Uh, thank you so much for your interest. I'm very passionate about this topic and I really hope people can get the best of it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So, thanks again to Lucia Mesquita for that deep jolt off-message dive into her research on collaborative journalism. More information on Jolt and the other podcasts in this series can be found at joltetn.eu. You can also find all these and more media-savvy podcasts and blogs and subscribe to future ones at patomahony.ie slash offmessage. We're Off Message 1 on both Twitter and Facebook. Until the next time, I'm Pat O'Mahony, this is Off Message, and thank you for listening. Music